When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Previously on the Storyteller Naked Villainy, modern scientific techniques applied to the blood-stained sheets from 1978. Three possible semen stains were detected on this fitted sheet. The first damning forensic connection to the murder scene. The DNA types that were recovered all matched uh, Christopher Harrison. And a summary of findings that would be hard for the defence to explain. All the interpretable results either contain DNA matching Brenda Page or Christopher Harrison. It's taken 45 years to bring a killer to court. And for the first time in UK history, you'll hear the full murder trial and witness justice being done. It was a brutal murder of a brilliant woman who was a rising star in genetic research. It would now be almost like a script from Morse. The investigators swarming over the, the dreaming spires of university land. There was kind of palpable feeling of evil in the air. I was told it was just a massive blood in here. Two decades on from confronting evil. So did you kill your ex-wife Brenda Page? Evil is being confronted by the law. Did you kill her? No. She knew it was coming. He said he was going to kill her. If he killed her, he would do it so that nobody would know. Will his true nature be unmasked? Are you familiar with the tale of Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde? And can Brenda's own words help secure her killer's fate? A letter of a death foretold. This is the storyteller, Naked Villainy, written, produced and edited by me, Isla Traquair. The marathon was far from over for forensic scientist Andrew Gibb after revealing that the only interpretable DNA at the murder scene was from Kit Harrison and Brenda Page, King's counsel Brian McConaughey had to use more than criticism of historic evidence collection methods to explain how sperm from his client could have ended up on multiple locations of the blood-soaked sheets. As I've said before, he does not have to prove Dr Harrison's innocence, but he would need to create doubt about the forensic results. The first thing in your technical issues is something called differential extraction. And the purpose of differential extraction, if I understand it correctly, is to attempt to separate sperm from other cellular DNA. Yes. It's a process which is not always successful. No, there can be a carryover between the fractions, yes. And even if you are carrying out differential extraction to create a sperm and cellular fraction, when in fact 
there is no sperm and cellular fraction, you will still have items called sperm and cellular fraction. Yes, they're just titles, but with the microscopy and the situation of the, why the stain was chosen and the difference between the fractions, you can make an interpretation. I indeed. But the phrase itself, sperm fraction, no, I'm not suggesting deliberately, but the phrase itself can be misleading in the sense of there may be no sperm in the sperm fraction. Yes, absolutely. It's a title for that fraction, and it, your point you're making is debated within forensics because it is just a title, but we're very careful to try and not give a misleading impression that every sperm fraction has sperm in it. I, I, I'm not criticising yeah. you. Mm -hmm. In your report, you presumably deliberately put the words sperm and cellular in inverted commas. Yes. Because of that very fact. Yes. That although it's called a sperm fraction, it doesn't mean it has sperm. Not necessarily, no. And it might be, as we go through your report, there is abundant evidence of the fact that you've created these fractions when, in fact, it doesn't appear as if there's anything to, yes. to, to observe, as mm -hmm. it were. Confused? That's Mr McConaughey's objective. The, the next thing that I'm interested in is, insofar as semen is concerned, am I right in thinking that semen is comprised of different things? Uh, yes. And one of the things that is within semen is something called acid phosphatase. Yes. Now, to save me having to repeat that phrase often enough, can we call it AP? Yes. Because I'm very likely to get the second word wrong at some times. So, there is AP present within semen. Within semen, yes. It is something that is also present in other substances. Yes. Such as what? Uh, so vaginal fluid uh, can include um, some in smaller amounts, for example. Anything else? Um, you can get some um, cross-reactions with some cleaning products, for example. W what do you mean by that? Um, just, just as I say, some, some cleaning products can give you a false reaction. So you could, you could get a, a screen that um, makes it look like you've got acid phosphatase um, there and you're trying to find it to target semen, but it could be another substance. Okay. Is it also present in other fungal material? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, I'll be honest. Okay. Fecal material? I, I believe so. In a small, much smaller amounts than semen, though, which is why it's still a useful chemical screen. And, and we also, sorry to interrupt, but that's also the reason we also back it up with microscopy to see if there's sperm present there because of these cross-reactions. Right. So, so far as AP is concerned, if one had a sample of AP from you and a sample of AP from me, just the AP, could you tell the difference between them? Um, I don't believe so, no. So AP is not something which has a, a DNA component, as it were? No, it's a component that we 
that can have a chemical reaction, so we use it as a chemical screen, but that's not the DNA itself, it's a protein. Right. Uh, am I right in thinking it's an enzyme of some kind? Yes. Right. So, if you find AP by the test that you use, uh, and just for my benefit at least, can, can you explain what the test is? So, um, we have a blot of paper, and, and we sometimes we wet the item as well, but then we wet the paper on top of it, we press down, and that will um, take up any acid phosphatase um, from the item onto the paper, and then we spray um, the paper, and there's a chemical reaction if acid phosphatase is there. So we can then, if we get a little color change, and then we could, if we put the paper back against the item with the area drawn out, we could tell where that uh, chemical change came from. So that could be a semen stain because of that. Right. Now, it could be a semen stain, but it might not be. Yes. Another part of the constituent of semen is sperm. Yes. Sperm can survive washing. Yes. And it might be that with frequent washing, it won't survive. It, it, certainly every time you wash, it's less chance of it surviving. But the prospect of it surviving, if it has been washed once, maybe more than once, is still a possibility. It's still possible, yes. So far as... AP, acid phosphatase, is concerned. What's the situation with it and washing? So it is water-soluble, which is why the test works. Um, so it would be removed. Would it be removed irrespective of the temperature of the wash? Um, well, if it's a, a decent wash cycle, I would expect it to be removed because it's water-soluble. When we do the test, that's just with um, tap water well, cleaned tap water, but it's, it's at whatever the room temperature is or, or lower. So it's still water-soluble at lower temperatures. Okay. Well, when you carry out the test, do you remove all the acid phosphatase? Um, I've not tried to blot again after. It might be that some survives. So in short, we don't know? No. Uh, and if I was to say that there's been perhaps a a dearth of investigation of that particular point. Do you know if that's right or wrong? I don't know. All right. So far as sperm is concerned, in a situation where sperm is on an item, whether it be clothing or whether it be bedding, as we've discussed, it can survive a wash. Yes. Maybe more than one. If, for example, vaginal secretions take place in the same area as where there is already pre-existing sperm, could you get a positive test for acid phosphatase and a positive test for sperm, but in fact the things have not been put there simultaneously? It's possible, yes. It, it's worth reiterating that the vaginal fluids generally give um, weaker reactions. They tend to be slightly different in colour. 
Um, but and I don't know the specifics to the the stains in this case. Sorry, I didn't catch the last. I don't know the specifics of the stains in this case because I was just at the other end interpreting right. the DNA. But as a as a theory, yes, a, a, as a theory, it's possible. Yes, they refer to his report in the samples from the duvet, and he confirms he did not carry out the tests. His role was to analyse the results. In this instance, what you find is the sperm fraction, as you've described it, having the profile of Christopher Harrison, and the cellular fraction, as you've described it, being unsuitable for interpretation. Why would that be? The unsuitability? Yeah. So it's just because there's not enough DNA types there to conclude a single source, so even then if there's a few DNA types, you don't know that they're all from the same person, so you can't really use it as a match. I would describe it as it's similar to imagine if you see a sentence typed on a piece of paper and you start to take away the letters and the punctuation. For a while you can still read it and that's what we, by the analogy, would be a partial DNA profile. But you get to a point where you've just got a few letters uh, spaced out and it's not safe to make a conclusion of what was said. And so it's the same way in the trace of DNA that it's not safe to make a conclusion. A quick interruption to tell you about a tasty new sponsor, HelloFresh. Do you ever go into the shops and just stare at the food on the shelves and in the fridges and your mind goes completely blank and you end up walking out with something that doesn't even constitute a meal? Well, that's me. And I love cooking, but sometimes I need someone else to be creative for me. So I've started using HelloFresh and it's made my life a lot easier and I have a happy tummy. So you just go onto the app and select the meals you want and it makes it easy for dietary requirements. So if you're vegetarian, etc., or you want super quick recipes or healthy snacks. I've tried the Thai green style king prawns, double cheese ratatouille and quick butter chicken masala. And they were all delicious and so easy. I can't wait for my next box. My brain doesn't have to work too hard and I'm having nutritious, balanced, home-cooked meals. I also like the fact that the subscription is flexible, so if you go abroad, you just delay the next box. The convenience aspect is a big bonus for me. The HelloFresh box arrives at my door, it has everything I need, and I just pop it in the fridge, and my biggest decision is which one I'm going to eat first. And because it's so easy, I actually look forward to my new kitchen adventures and trying some new things. Its value goes beyond just the food. So as always, I want to pass on the benefits to you listeners. So to discover the delicious possibilities with HelloFresh, visit hellofresh.co.uk slash villainy. That's V-I-L-L-A-I-N-Y. And unlock more in your kitchen. Use that link. That's hellofresh.co.uk slash villainy. And you'll get 60% off your first order and 25% off the next two months. Don't delay, my tummy enjoys it and recommends it to you. He's then asked about a time frame of when the sperm was deposited and Dr Gibbs said that would be better answered by his colleague who was yet to give evidence. He then covers area five, which was a possible semen stain but did not show usable results. Next, they deal with a stain on the upper corner of the sheet, which is Brenda's DNA. Does the length of time, potentially, 
that a stain has been present determine how easy or how difficult it is to obtain a DNA profile? It depends how it's stored. Uh, DNA can be extracted from things that are thousands of years old. Um, so Did you say thousands of years old? Yes, there's, from archaeology, there's, there's examples of this. Um, so as long as the item has been stored dry and out of UV light, um, then it could, it could last years, yes. He asked him about the tests on the first stain which showed Brenda's DNA and other DNA which could not be tested due to the quantity and made the point that the smaller sample could belong to anyone. He then moved on to the most contentious sperm traces which were linked to Kit Harrison. Three what's described as possible semen stains. Yes. And on this one, microscopic examination of two of the three detects sperm, whereas no sperm detected in the third area. Yes. Uh, and they've been numbered effectively two, three and four. So four doesn't have any sperm in it. Two and three on microscopic examination does. Correct? Yes. And again, the differential, <coughs> excuse me, the differential extraction process is attempted. And in relation to stain two, you get a partial profile. Yes. Now, I think you've described how you look at many different areas. So in this instance, are we talking about only being able to establish some of those areas? There, there was only information from a few of the areas, yes, and not from the others. And is that why we have what might be seen to be a significant difference between your first analysis on page five, estimating 590 million times more likely, whereas in this instance, it's 28,000 times more likely. Yes. And that is because there are fewer areas detected and therefore fewer areas that you can match to any control sample. Yes, that's correct. And then, so when you're considering other possible contributors, there's less to get the same as by. So because you've only got a certain number of the areas that you can identify, there are going to be more people in the country or in the world who may have those particular areas yes. within their own profile. Yes, there's less power of discrimination, the less DNA types we get, yes. And... 28,000 times more likely, I think we're certainly into the thousands so far as people in the UK are concerned who would have those particular profiles in, sorry, those particular areas in their DNA own profile. Types, yes. Is that fair? Yes. In so far as the cellular fraction is concerned, what you find is a, a mixed DNA profile? Yes some of which uh, matches Brenda Page, or, or at least I suppose that's maybe not a good way to put it. Well, when you look at the mixed DNA profile, that mixture could be from Brenda Page and Dr. Harrison. Yes. In this instance, you've not been asked to undertake any statistical assessment. No. He went over the fact that stain three couldn't be determined because the amount was too small and therefore they didn't know who it belonged to. Once again, suggesting just because it wasn't usable didn't mean it was from Kit Harrison. 
He then discussed the 29 extra samples that were taken off the sheet in a more recent scientific examination. Of those 29 areas, two of them were found to contain sperm. How long that sperm had been there, not possible to tell. They weren't found by a chemical screen, so it could have been washed since, yes. The, they're described as areas 6 and 18. Area 6, again, you detect DNA but can't interpret it. Correct. And that refers or that relates to the sperm fraction. So far as the cellular fraction is concerned, it matches Brenda Page. Yes. When it comes to area 18, so the, the second of the areas of the 29, again, you are able to detect a, a partial profile. Yes. And judging by the numbers, this is even less than you were able to detect previously. Yes. Because on this occasion, the estimate is that the result is approximately... 2,200 times more likely if it came from Christopher Harrison. Than from another male, yes. Rather than from another male. Yes. And so we're into the thousands of people who would have the same parts of their yes. uh, profile as the, the same as what you detected. Yes. So far as the cellular fraction of 18 is concerned, you get a mixed profile the major contributor being Brenda Page. Yes. And potentially the minor contributor being Christopher Harrison. Matches, yes. And again, you haven't carried out the statistical assessment of that. No. They stopped for a much-needed lunch break at this point. Myself and the other journalists, probably like everyone else in the courtroom, felt exhausted by the laborious cross-examination, going over every piece of evidence. However, this is an important part of the legal process. The defence has to challenge each trace of DNA, each cellular match. And if I didn't let you hear it, it would be inaccurate and unfair. However, I am going to edit down and paraphrase some of the next section, as you've heard the most important DNA results being challenged. Insofar as pillow number one is concerned. You note that a mixed SGM plus DNA profile was obtained in which I think the major profile was Dr. Brenda Page. Match Brenda Page, yes. And there was DNA from two further individuals yeah. as the smaller amount of DNA. Yeah. Now, that couldn't be interpreted, is that correct? That's correct, yes. But do I understand that despite the fact it couldn't be interpreted, that you were able to tell that it was not one individual, it was two individuals? Yes, from counting the number of DNA types, we know there was at least three in at, total. At least three, including Dr. Page? Yes. Potentially more? Um, if, they, if they overlapped... Um, you could, it could be masked that there was more, but it, it would be explained by it being three people. All right. So, although in relation to this, there was insufficient 
interpretable DNA. There was detectable DNA from at least three people. Yes, including Brenda Page, yes, including ma- DNA matching Brenda Page, yes. So, if, if we exclude Brenda Page, two others? It could be two others, yes. Uh, at least yes. two others? Yes. So, although we can't tell whether either of them were, for example, Dr. Harrison, it's possible one of them was? It's possible, yes, it's in that uh, part of DNA where it, it's so murky and unreliable that we didn't make that comparison, so... I can't really comment on who could be in there, no. who's excluded. But, but in any event, there has to be at least another individual. Yes. So far as Pillow 2 was concerned, again, it's a, a partial profile which matches Brenda Page and a trace which is unsuitable for interpretation. Is that correct? Yes. And basically the same for Pillow 3? Yes. They then moved on to the results from the window and Dr Gibb said the lack of results could be because the killer was wearing gloves or the state of the window. They also covered the results from Brenda's nightdress. Mr McConaughey was pushing the point that despite the extensive number of tests, there was no trace of Kit Harrison. They then moved on to his nail scrapings. The purpose of that would be in case beneath the nails there was some forensic evidence that might be of assistance. Yes, there could be blood um, in terms of digital penetration cases. There could be vaginal material. So when these samples are examined, amongst the things that you might be looking for are blood and or vaginal material if it's a a sexual offence or potentially a sexual component to it. Yes. And according to the notes that you saw, I think in 1978, there was a suggestion of blood on the left nail. Yes. And in the later examinations in 2002 and 2005, mention was made of blood detected on the right nail scrapings. Yes. And the the reason why you would want to have that tested would be to potentially find that you had the victim's blood there. Potentially, yes. Because that would present you with a connection between the two people. Again, there might be an explanation for it, but it would provide you with a a connection between the two individuals. Yes. They cover the fact the scrapings were later sent to undergo an extra-sensitive test at a different lab, and the blood was found to match only Kit. He then refers him to a report about sperm, not written by Dr Gibb, and one he's not seen before, but Mr McConaughey reads parts of it to him. This is relevant for the explanation which will be offered by Kit Harrison, and in particular, how sperm can survive on fabric even after washing. Semen is a mixture of seminal fluid and sperm cells, although not all semen will contain spermatosa. Is that because of the vasectomy situation or other reasons? Yes, well, but uh, people's sperm counts do um, vary. There's uh, some people have what's known as um, oligospermy. Sorry, what was the word? Oligospermatozoa, which is basically just another term of saying a a low level of of sperm in their semen. 
but, but generally it would be with a vasectomy. I, I think that there might be medical additions for, for I know that naturally produce no sperm, but I, I don't know. It goes on to say, the identification of semen on clothing or other items, including bedding, is a two-stage process. And I think that's effectively what you have said, is that yes. correct? Initially, the acid phosphatase test, thereafter to be called the AP test, is used to search for a water-soluble component of semen called acid phosphatase. Yes. And that's what you've told the ladies and gentlemen about. However... Positive reactions to this test may be obtained from other biological material, including vaginal material. Yes. Now, you mentioned vaginal material yourself, and I think you believe there were perhaps other substances yes. from which one would get acid phosphate. Could do, yes. Areas which give a positive reaction to the AP test can be extracted, and the recovered material can be examined for the presence of sperm cells. And... The author of this report says the presence of semen will be confirmed if a significant number of sperm cells are found in the extracted material and can be attributed to the AP activity. I wonder, and I appreciate you're not the author of this report, so if you're not comfortable answering it, please tell me. When that report mentions significant number, do you know what it's talking about? I don't know their criteria, but... I think what they're getting at, sometimes you can have um, acid phosphatase reactions which are not very strong, so you've got to confirm then the presence of semen with the microscopy, and you, the, num the amount of activity needs to tally with the microscopy result. All right. And in the same sentence, <coughs> it, it talks about... If a significant number of sperm cells are found in the extracted material and can be attributed to the AP activity. Do you, do you know what it means by can be attributed to? So if you had a situation, for example, in the crotch of a pair of underwear. In the? In the crotch of a pair of underwear. Yep. And you had trace levels of sperm and you had an uh, acid phosphatase reaction which was perhaps weak. We know vagina material can produce a reaction, so you wouldn't necessarily attribute that in that situation. You could have an AP reaction from vagina material and then sperm that was already in the crotch of the pants from a, a previous occasion. So that would be a situation where an examination would show AP activity and would show sperm cells but they might not necessarily be connected. Yes. You've got to take everything in context. Generally, a sperm AP reaction or a semen AP reaction is quite strong. Um, they're purple in colour. Um, it's also about the time that it takes for them to develop, how quickly you see them when you apply the reagent. Um, so if you see a, a good reaction, a good purple reaction, and it's relatively quickly, and then you get an expected number of sperm, that would be a situation where you could attribute. Um, if it's a pinkish, wispy kind of reaction, a weaker reaction which comes in later, then that's the kind of reaction you start to suspect. It could be vaginal material. So it, it depends on a lot of context. All right. Uh, and does it ultimately become a matter then of interpretation? Yes, depending on the results. 
Semen deposited into the vagina or anus will subsequently drain from these orifices onto items worn next to the genitals, such as underwear. And that's kind of the situation you were just yes. talking about. It, the author goes on to say, I would normally expect semen deposited in this way to persist on the item of clothing until it has been thoroughly washed. Yes. Do you know what thoroughly means in that context? No, it's a relative term. Okay. There's a paragraph which is headed up semen and washing. Yes. Again, it says here, if semen is deposited onto an item of clothing or bedding and the item is subsequently washed, I would not normally expect to obtain a positive reaction to the initial screening test for semen. It's the words not normally I'm interested in. Yes. Do you take from that that it might, uh, you might get a positive reaction? Um, as I say, um, it's not something I would try to do if an item I knew would be washed. I wouldn't spend the time doing a blot because I wouldn't expect a result. Whether I could absolutely say you would never get a result, no, it depends on how well it's been washed. Um, yeah. So that maybe takes us back to the thoroughly in the, the previous yes. paragraph. All right. It, it goes on in this paragraph to say, however, it is known that sperm cells can be retained on an item after one or more wash cycles. And I think you agree with that. Yes. Furthermore, if a previously non-semen-stained item is washed with other items, sperm cells may transfer and be detected, generally at a low level, on the previously non-semen-stained item. Yes. So, just so that uh, perhaps I understand that, what the author, I think, is getting at is a situation where you have item A, which does have semen stains on it, and semen on it, being washed alongside item B, which has never had semen on it. Yes. And the washing cycle itself allows transfer from item A to item B. Yes, it's been shown in experiments it can happen. And therefore, on testing item B, you would find, for example, sperm activity on item B, despite the fact it had never been in contact directly with sperm? Um, I would not expect a, an AP reaction on the other item, but yes, you could find sperm cells. Yeah. Uh, and indeed, that's the, the conclusion, if you like, of that paragraph is that therefore the presence of trace levels of sperm cells on an item may not be as a result of recent, if any, sexual activity. Yes. And that's the, the scenario that we've just discussed. Yes. He ended on the fact there's been significant advances in science over the years and confirming the forensic evidence in this case had undergone newer tests twice in the past 20 years. You told us earlier, in our opinion, using SGM plus DNA analysis, we detected DNA types matching the SGM plus DNA profile of Christopher Harrison on items relating to 13 Allen Street, Aberdeen, as traces of sperm in stain one on the duvet, sperm in stain two on the fitted sheet 
and a cellular DNA in the same stain, sperm in stain 18 on the fitted sheet and a cellular, material, cellular DNA in the same stain. Do you still stand by those conclusions? Yes. Thank you. That was the entirety of the re-examination. He needed Dr Gibbs' results ringing in their ears after them being broken down over an extremely long cross-examination. In the next episode of The Storyteller, Naked Villainy, the attack on Brenda explained by a blood pattern expert. Deceased had been forcibly struck multiple times to the head whilst in approximately the position in which she was found on the bed. For at least some of this assault, the deceased was sat upright. Forensics show the sperm was likely deposited before Brenda was killed. Particularly on the duvet cover, it, it preceded the phase of the assault we're speaking about, but its deposition could have been minutes earlier. And yet another attempt by the defence to explain the presence of Kit's DNA. Let's forget about your testing for the moment. Would the result look the same, whether it was background sperm or not? If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate and review as it makes a huge difference to guiding people to hearing this important story. This is an entirely independent production and your support is greatly appreciated. And if you want to hear exclusive interviews, longer episodes and insights, please head to the Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. This is a piece of history and you are for the first time in this format witnessing justice being done. <laughs>